This is the Bible's teaching that Jesus is God and that his kingdom will reign forever. Uh, it's not um, good advice, you know, many other religions offer you good advice, do these things, be nice, do a few other things. Jesus and the Gospels don't speak in that way at all. The message of the Gospel is that Jesus is God. And so that becomes very problematic. I don't know if you've ever actually thought about it. You might have thought about Jesus as kind of, yeah, some nice teacher, offers a few good thoughts. But when someone says they are God, they need a lot of help or they are God. You know, I, I, I struggle. I'm trying to think of option three, but I, don't, I can't find one. Nice person isn't one of those options. <laughs> and so the angels appear and say, this is going to happen. And have you ever noticed Mary's response? She says, let it be to me according to what you've said. I would imagine she has no paradigm or understanding for those two things. We do now a little bit because we have the Gospels. Jesus became God. I'm going to be full pregnant as a virgin. And this guy's going to, the king is going to be born and live forever. She must have really, the only option is, okay, God, let it be whatever you said. Thanks for that. That's much more peaceful. Peace, peace to the world. <laughs> peace to this room. And Mary says, let it be, as you said, I wonder if you've ever struggled with, gee, I just don't believe in God. It's too hard to understand. Well, Mary must have had a very similar problem. How, she couldn't understand these things. We can understand a little bit because we have the cheat sheet, you know. If you ever did a test in high school, I remember doing maths in school, and we used to have a, a, a maths book, and you'd write the test, but some of us knew the answers were in the back of the book. Have you ever, you ever done that? Just confessing my sins in front of everyone. We, in a sense, have the privilege of being able to see what God was doing. Yeah. Mary didn't. Perhaps you don't believe in Jesus. You don't fully understand everything. That's okay. Mary's response is a great model to us. God, just let it, I don't get this. Let it be, as you've said. Even as a believer, how could we ever understand this great mystery that God chose to become one of us? How does that even work. It's a great mystery. Make room for God at Christmas, as Mary did. And so after this uh, uh, angelic appearance, um, nine, about nine months passed by, it's sort of back to normal life. You know, angels are great. If you see one, you're very scared. It's a, it's, you're probably on a half for a while. <laughs> if you've anyone seen an angel, I'm sure you've experienced that. But Mary's back to normal life. She's very pregnant. She's riding on a donkey, as we saw. She travels all the way uh, to the census, the having a census. And she's riding on a donkey, and she gets there, and she's about to give birth. I don't know, on census night, I'm assuming it was Joseph's turn to fill out the census forms. You know, his wife's very pregnant and been riding on a donkey for ages. I'm sure he's got to fill out the forms, and she's just trying to relax. The census happens, and they are not accepted anywhere. As they arrive, they're looking for a place to stay, and there's nowhere to house them. I wonder if you've ever thought about that. Here's Mary, angelic appearance to her, saying, you're going to have the Son of God. Lord, let it be to me as you were. And then sort of nine months of no angels, just normal life, being very pregnant. She arrives. God, I'm having your son. Help me out. How about a place to stay? 
God, would you provide a house? Surely, I thought it would be like a major palace or something. I'm having God's, I'm having the king who will rule forever. And she may have been at that point somewhat disappointed with God, don't you think? I'm speculating a little, but perhaps you've thought the same. God, I trusted you, I followed you, and it seems like I got nowhere to go. Seems like what I'd hope, like what I'd hope for was dashed a little bit. It's not kind of working out exactly as I thought. I thought God as the father of the son, Mary's probably thinking, this is going to be sweet. We're going to get lots of provision. We're going to have lots of protection. We're going to have all sorts of uh, the red carpet rolled out before us. And it doesn't happen that way at all. Perhaps that's been your experience. You've had disappointments with God. As they arrive, they prepare for the birth. And in verse 6 and 7 of chapter 2 in Luke, it says, While they were there, the time came for her to give birth. She gave birth to a son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. They swaddled Jesus in swaddling clothes. Think about Jesus wrapped up. And we have plenty of babies in this church. I'm sure you've seen them wrapped up. And nowadays they just put them in a zipper and woof, it's like you know, they're wrapped straight away. They can't move. That helps them sleep apparently. Um, think about this. Jesus, who, as Adam read, was the king of the universe, the author of creation, is now wrapped up in a towel, in a cloth. He can't move. How how, how much has he humbled himself? How much trust has he given up or given himself to the Father to trust the Father? He's wrapped and and he can't even move. He's restricted. The King of glory is humbling himself. That's the message of Christmas, that God needed to come and be like one of us. He didn't come as a fully formed adult. He came as a baby, right from the infancy, experienced the full breadth of the human experience, being dependent on his mother and father. Jesus, the King of glory, humbled himself and took on complete humanity in a body. That rarely is a miracle, that God put himself into human form. The angels appearing in great light, that's easy because they're there. They can just pull back the curtain and sing hallelujah. That's sort of a miracle, but not so much. Jesus, the King of glory, coming as a baby was something only God could do. Yet there was no place for him. And so they have this announcement. There's no place for him. He's born into a situation where there's nowhere to go. Perhaps, as I said, you have uh, a struggle on Christmas. Christmas is a very difficult time. Many people have nowhere to go. I love behind us, in the room behind us, uh, this, a church from just up the road is putting on a huge lunch for people who are less fortunate and have nowhere to go today. So if you see people preparing food in there, please don't go and eat it. It's not for you. It's being prepared for others. This morning, they're preparing to serve those who have nowhere to go. Jesus understands what it's like to have nowhere to go. In fact, later on in his life, he said, the Son of Man has no place to lay his head, no place to go. Jesus understands. And then the announcement comes 
to the shepherds. And we saw a lovely picture of that, the angels appearing to the shepherds in that region. It says, and they announced, the angel said to them, fear not, which is good. If you've ever seen an angel, you may fear. They're big, they're bright, they're kind of scary. They could probably deal with you quite quickly. You might be scared. But they say, fear not. This is great news. It's great joy for all people. It's good, good news. This arrival of this tiny baby is good news. For unto us this day is born a Savior who is the Lord. The Bible again teaches clearly that Jesus is both Savior and Lord, the Lord of all creation. They announce that God has come in to the world. This is great joy for all people. And this will be the sign you will find him wrapped in swaddling clothes. The ordinary birth of Jesus. You will find a baby. You mean like one that cries? Yes, one that cries. We have babies that cry here. Lying in a manger humbly. The incarnation is the sign. They say you'll see the sign. You know there's a big star. We saw it in the videos. Oh, there's a star which God places in the sky. And you go, wow, that's amazing. Three wise men follow the star. It says the wise men, the, the word there is magi. talks about magi as are, are those who looked at the stars, what we would call astrologers. So here's God appearing as an angel to the shepherds and appearing as a, uh, putting a sign, a giant star in the sky to the magi, the astrologers. Who are the first people who are, dis- who are discovering Jesus other than Mary and Joseph? It's the ordinary shepherds, ordinary people. It's even the astrologers, those who are not necessarily worshiping God. They're like you know, divining the stars. And God places a star in the sky for them, and he miraculously makes it rest over the place of Jesus, and they follow to him. All are welcome to Jesus. Shepherds were some of the lowliest people in society at that time. God's Savior, it says, is great joy for who? For all people. Shepherds, Magi, if you don't believe in Jesus, that's okay. God's made a sign for you. It's the birth of his son, Jesus. And he welcomes all. And this is his, his message that the angels proclaim, peace on earth. Peace on earth. That message, again, is equally as unlikely as the first one, (laughs) there's going to be a king who lives forever. Peace on earth. You know, there's no political solution to peace on earth. There's no goodness within us that could ever bring peace on earth. There's only one who could ever bring peace on earth, and that is Jesus. And he's promised, as we sang this morning, to return to bring peace on earth, to wipe away every tear, to wipe away all loneliness, all sadness, all sin, all sorrow, to wipe away death itself. That was what Jesus came for. That was the whole reason he came. For peace on earth. Sorry, Bono, you can't do it. Sorry, John Lennon, for anyone who remembers who John Lennon is. It's not possible. A few people know John Lennon, that's good. And what happens is that the shepherds have this encounter and it says, let us, they say this together, let us rush down to see what God has done, see what we've been told about, see this promise. So they rush 
to see Mary and Joseph. And they find Mary and Joseph, and it's, the scene is exactly as the angel had told them. The shepherds abandoned what they were doing to go and see Jesus. They left their sheep. Now, if you're a shepherd, your one job is what? <laughs> to watch the sheep, right? <laughs> you had one job, shepherds, <laughs> and you didn't do it. When Jesus comes to us, he calls us to himself. Jesus said, come unto me. He calls you to abandon all maybe the things you've known. Abandon, I must be very careful here, your job. <laughs> we'll get back to that in a minute. But abandon, let everything else be second to pursuing Jesus, to come and see Jesus. That's the message of, Je of the Christmas, is that God has sent His Savior, His King, who will reign forever to bring peace to the whole world. But we have to come to Him. We have to, like Mary, abandon our disappointments or our disbelief at some point. We go, I don't really understand all of this. How is it even possible, God? God, let it be as you have said. Let me come to you. As the shepherds did, abandon their sheep. God, let me even leave behind the things of this world, if I have to, to pursue you, to come to Jesus. And there they find Mary and Joseph humbly obeying God for, as they have been for nine months. And they say, we've just seen the angels. And Mary and Joseph might have been going, hey guys, that's so nine months ago. We saw the angels nine months ago. You know, we've moved on. <laughs> We're back into the normal, normal life here. They've moved on, in a sense, back into normal life. The shepherd have just come to Jesus. They've just seen a great sign. They're so excited. Their eyes are open for the first time. And they come and they sing, or they sing their praises. It says, when they left that place, they were singing the praises of God. Their hearts had changed. They'd gone from not knowing anything to just praising God. Has your heart ever done that? You may know lots of information about Jesus. You saw the kids' video. You got the whole story. Well, most of it anyway. A few, there were a few errors there. I'm not sure there was milk given to Jesus as a present. But you may know the whole story. But has your heart begun to sing? Have you beheld Jesus? The shepherds were praising God. They were, in they were responding in worship. And you know when that's happened. How do you know? Well, your heart does it on other occasions. When you're super hungry and you come across a great, if you haven't eaten for the whole day and you find a beautiful feast, you just eat it and your heart, doesn't you, didn't you just get that satisfied feeling? Oh, you're so relieved. If you're thirsty, if you haven't drunk for two days, I think you can go for three days without water, but you finally drink water, you just have such a peace come on, you're like, oh, what relief, what joy. This is something way greater than any of that. You know you've met Jesus when your heart completely changes, when you begin to, you just, oh, Jesus, how good are you? I, I, I cannot fathom that you came and, di and died for me, that you have brought peace even to me. Has your heart sung? Have you beheld Jesus? Not do you know the story. I'm sure you know the story. We'll play it again later. Has your heart sung? Have you encountered Jesus? The shepherds returned glorifying God 
And for those of you who are about to quit your job, it says they returned to their sheep. <laughs> Sorry to uh, not, let, not let you quit your job. They returned to their sheep, praising God, continued into normal life, went back and just worshiped God, lived for Jesus, lived for God in their normal life. Not all of life is angelic visitations, you may have noticed. You may have some normal situations going on, but let your heart sing. Let your heart worship God. You are invited. Jesus invites you to behold him. This is the message of Christmas. Jesus, God with us. Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. God with us, his presence, his very nearness. God always wanted to dwell with his people. In the Garden of Eden, God walked with them. God created the heavens and the earth, all of creation. He created male, male and female, and then he walked with them. His nearness was with them. Sin entered, and all of us have sinned. I confessed a sin to you earlier. I have many more I could confess to you. All of us sin, and that separates us from God. The reason Jesus came was so that the presence and nearness of God could be restored. We could be restored to a relationship with Jesus and with God. And it could only ever be done by God. That's why he had to come. We could never have done it. That was why we have Christmas, why God became man. Jesus, our Emmanuel, this great picture shows us something else about God. It's Him who moves towards us. He came down. He moved towards us. That's the story of Christmas. God moving towards us. Jesus' birth was small and local, unassuming and humble, is the manner in which He came. I want to remind you that His return will be very different will not be small and local. It will be everywhere with great trumpets, with kingship, with rulership, and he will defeat all sin and death. He's coming back very differently. Um, you might be quite excited about Christmas, the arrival of Jesus as a nice little baby. It is beautiful and wonderful. It's God drawing near to us. I want to remind you there's the cross where Jesus died and that's less popular than the beautiful, cuddly baby pictures. He went through that brutal death to restore us back to God. It had to be done. He paid the price for us. But not only that, he's coming back. Not on a donkey, not on Devon the donkey. He's coming back on a great stallion with the armies of God. This, this, this is the gospel. This is the message of the gospel. Jesus is coming back. And so, in light of his return, his appearance, I want to make the same invitation that Christmas makes to you. Come to Jesus. Let your heart sing. Behold him. Set aside whatever objections in a sense you have. I'm not saying that Christianity is not thoughtful, but at some point we have to trust God. We have to, as Mary say, as Mary did say, God, let it be to me as you have said. Behold him, Jesus, our Emmanuel. I want to close by reading Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2, verse 1. 
And this describes Jesus. Actually, I want to do one more thing first, if I may. Jesus in his own words. We've heard a lot of the story of Jesus told by Luke and by others. Jesus, the first words he spoke when Jesus described his own reason for coming, his own purpose in coming, he said in John, the very first words that were ever recorded spoken by Jesus was when he got lost at the temple. Sorry, he wasn't lost. His parents were lost. He was exactly where he should have been. Jesus, there's a story in the New Testament. Jesus goes to the temple as a 12-year-old boy and he stays there. His parents leave. And they spend a few days searching for him. When they, when they find him, they say, what have you done to us? And if you've got, ever had a 12-year-old, you may feel the same if they disappeared for three days. <laughs> and Jesus replies, why are you so startled? Did you not know I had to be in my father's house? I come to do my father's business. I had to be about, he says, about my father's business. Jesus said the purpose that I came was to do the father's business. And then throughout his ministry, he describes what that business is. He says, I came to give myself as a ransom for many. That was the business he came for. The purpose of this arrival was to give himself a ransom for many. Jesus said in, in John, I am. When they asked Jesus, who are you? He said, before Abraham was, I am. Well, what does that mean? Well, in Exodus, when Moses had asked God, who are you? God had said, go and tell the people of Israel, I am. That's his name, just I am. I am the one who always was, who always is, who always will be. God describes himself with those words, I am. And Jesus, when they asked, who are you? He said in John, I am. And then they says they picked up rocks to try and kill him. Because they said, and the text says there, because you, a man, claim to be God. Jesus was saying, I am God who's come down to give myself a ransom for me. God himself had to perform the rescue. Throughout the Gospel of John, he says, I am the bread of life. Whoever eats of me will never be hungry again. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the light of the world. Are you hearing Jesus claim about himself? He's either God or bonkers. That's who Jesus says he is, and he says he came to give himself as a ransom for many. Philippians chapter 2 describes what Jesus has done. Jesus did not count equality with God, something to be grasped, but he emptied himself by taking on the form of a servant. Being born in human likeness and being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on the cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed upon him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Jesus, who is Lord, invites you to come to him this morning.